Welcome to episode 96 of Dads from the Crypt. My name is Jason. Tonight, joined by Jody. Hello. And Mondo. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and we have is a very awesome? yeah. And we have a very special guest. We have Jonathan from the CryptTube YouTube channel. Welcome. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good, good. Welcome back. Uh Thank you. Glad to be I back. I remember which episode you were on before, but it was like season three or four. Yeah, it was a while ago, man. Like, long time ago. Um, I miss being on the uh, on the podcast. Well, we're glad to have you back yes. for something I would only ask a true dedicated Crypt fan to join us for. We're going to be reviewing the kind of, sort of Tales from the Crypt movie ritual. But before we get to that, Jonathan, you had a fun weekend, I saw. So why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just came back from Texas Frightmare, uh, you know, in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. I had a great time in Irving, Texas. Um, you know, I got to meet John Kassir for the very first time after many years of him being on the uh, convention circuit. Cool. Uh, he was an absolute, he was an absolutely lovely man, very, you know, uh, humble and warm and inviting to his fans and whatnot. He was very accommodating. Uh, he recognized me from CryptTube and he, like, he was thanking me for uh, the 4K upscales and the uh, Tales from the Crypt uh, PC game information that I put out. Uh, so, like, he was amazing. And we did a QA uh, during his Icons of Horror panel. Uh, he was able to give some information regards to um, the, the PC game mm-hmm. and as well as the rights issue going on with EC Comics and uh, HBO. So uh, I had that footage on my phone. I'll put that up in a, in a little bit. But overall, the, the overall experience of going to, oh, by the way, my very first horror convention was amazing. You know, so I, I am very excited to go and do more. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't think any of us have met him. I haven't. At least not, not in person. Not, not in person. Yeah, he keeps uh, doing the. Uh, so this weekend is Monster Palooza, and he keeps only doing Friday night, which is like the one time I can't go. My wife usually works, um, so I'll I'll have to catch him soon. But uh, that's great. I love all the pictures you put up, so people should go check those out. Um, and then, uh, is there anything new going on at CryptTube that you want to announce or uh, update us on? Well, as far as right now. Uh- you know, as far as right now, all the uh, all 93 episodes of the series have been upscaled. Uh, now I'm working on the animated series, getting all the seasons of the animated series uh, upscaled. Uh, aside from that, I'm still working on uh, trying to basically come up with a, a ironclad system of being able to doll out and pretty much distribute the 4K episodes to all the fans that way you have it for your own personal private collection mm-hmm. uh i'm also trying to do it in a way where um you guys get to have it but because i know how this kind of thing would go basically people would take it and upload it themselves and they get all the views and the notoriety mm-hmm. going to them so i'm trying to make sure that people know that they're they're getting it from me so that kind of stuff but aside from that that's what i'm currently working on great nice 
All right. Um, we have a couple announcements. Uh, we have our weekly announcement that we are sponsored by f- our friends at Fright Rag. Again, Father's Day is just around the corner. So mm-hmm. what better uh, gift to get them than a gift card or a shirt or a sock? And now they just rolled out souvenir cups. Uh, who wants those boring glass one color plastic cups now they have souvenir cups with the crow creep show night living dead dawn of the dead the thing joe bob briggs and killer clowns from outer space what yeah, father myself. <laughs> yeah. As, as, yeah as a man with a lot of kids in my house plastic cups are actually a great thing to have yes. <laughs> yeah. we have broken way too many things so yeah mm-hmm. pro so, plastic go look at your pantry Excuse me, your cups, and think, hmm, would it be better if I was drinking out of it with Joe Bob Briggs looking <laughs> oh, yeah. at me as I drink? I um, I always say yes, personally. Yeah. Yes. Um, so check those out and uh, make sure you use promo code DADSCRYPT10 for 10% off your order. And just to give us, uh, just to show that you're a fan of the show, it just gives us a little boost uh, over there at the Fright Rag office. If you don't use um, the code, we won't be upset. We won't be mad, but we will be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then a little uh, programming announcement. So next week we will be starting our reviews of Tales from the Crypt season seven, but we've been having so much fun. Let's, we're going to stretch this thing out a little bit. We're going to switch things up. We're going to do it. So every other week we'll be reviewing a horror anthology. So next week we're doing uh tells we're doing episode one of season seven. Week after that, we're going to do a horror movie anthology, which, at least if we stick to our schedule, will be Tales from the Hood. And then nice. the week after that, will be episode two of season seven, and then we'll do another one. That'll be our format. Because, um, you know, we want to we want to end on a nice high note um, on this season. But tonight, 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 we're talking about Ritual, which came out September 18th, 2002. Jody, you are the man of the hour. I do not envy you at all. If I can give a quick recommendation. hmm? If you are listening to this right now and you're thinking, damn, I should pause the podcast and go watch this movie. Nah. No. Just just, just listen to Jody. It'll be cool. uh, Jody explains this movie would be much more entertaining. So I'm going to start with a spoiler warning. I I am planning on talking about this whole movie. So if you do want to see it and uh, Mondo's... uh, Words of warning were not enough for you. I will spoil the whole, whole movie. I'm also going to spoil the podcast right now and tell you I didn't hate the movie. So just now, I, I'm... I'm... <laughs> All right, Jonathan, yeah. we've got an opening on our podcast. <laughs> well, I mean, th- th- this just... is a man that disparaged the greatness of Halloween Ends. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. Uh, it's better, better than this. Hey, hey, I did not say I liked the movie. I oh, said okay. I didn't hate it. We'll get into it later. Okay, but if it was that. 2003 and I was walking through a Hollywood video and I picked this up, I'd go away thinking, eh, not bad. So that's where I'm at. That's our starting level here as I begin to describe this. Okay, I respect that. All right. So we open on the Jamaican Crypt Keeper with dreadlocks. Ogling women at a pool. I will say, is this the same puppet from the show? No. Because it is no stilted. It is, it is stilted, man. No, definitely, definitely not. 
It's, it's if, if if you had a crypt keeper head and you were just working the mouth and barely making anything else move, that's kind of what we got going here. That's the vibe of this. But he's staring at a bunch of women uh, in bikinis, you know, as the crypt keeper does. The crypt keeper should not be out in daylight, by the way. That's very wrong, and it doesn't look right. <laughs> All right, into the actual movie. Uh, we started a party at uh, at a house. There's band playing very not Jamaican music. Like it's like some kind of like crappy, like garage band kind of stuff. And everyone's dancing around and uh, you got Tim Curry there. Uh, his character's name is Matthew Hope. He's a doctor. I will refer to him as Tim Curry through most of the synopsis because he just is Tim Curry. And uh, he's uh, staring at a woman's chest and then watching a woman in a bikini dance. And that's kind of the whole vibe of this first scene. It's just staring at women. Uh, when the credits start, I noticed that this is based on the movie I Walked with a Zombie from, what, like the 1940s? I've heard of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it depends. Yeah. There's depends on which version you're watching, if it's the international version or the U.S. version. So my version to even have the Crypt Keeper segment. Um, ah, but I did okay. interestingly have a, a logo for RKO Pictures, which did the original picture. So I'm, I'm wondering okay. if there was like a push to uh, promote or redo a bunch of RKO pictures. But I mean, this is the age what? of the Dark Castle pictures here yeah. in the early 2000s. So maybe they were going for something like that. I don't know. I, I have no backstory on this. Like, I don't know if you've researched. I haven't. Uh, but I did watch the movie and took notes. So, uh, there's a doctor character, and uh, he's a very familiar character actor that we'll get to later. But the, the doctor is running some kind of test at the request of a woman uh, who doesn't have a shirt on, so it's easy to convince him of things. And uh, after the test is done, the room gets really, really hot, and he melts down to a skeleton. But also, that didn't happen. Uh, he did die, though. There's going to be a whole lot of scenes where I'm like, and this happens, but actually it didn't because there's a lot of like fake outs in this movie. Uh, so then we have Jennifer Grey, who is unrecognizable because this is after her nose job and she no longer looks like uh, she did back in her more famous movies like Ferris Bueller and Dirty Dancing. But, you know, she's still Jennifer Grey. And uh, she is a doctor named Alice. She's trying to save a dying kid's life. She asked the head of the department to approve a med, but he won't. And she uses it anyway, and the kid dies. So uh, in her back at her apartment later, she gets jump scared by the dead kid with sores on his face or her face. And, but it's just a dream. And her license gets suspended for two years for using this unapproved drug. She applies for a hospice position, hospice type position in Jamaica. And when she gets there, everybody, I mean, everybody in the entire island of Jamaica is carrying a machete just everywhere they go. And I went to Jamaica on my honeymoon. It's been 20 something years, but I don't think I remember so many machetes. I mean, maybe I was on the touristy side of things, but uh, everyone like small children run around with machetes in their hands. And they're swinging uh, them, like, very irresponsibly, too. Like, yeah, like, they're just, not being careful. They're, like, they're all just watching them drive by and just swinging around like you would, like, uh, a baton or something. It's, yeah, just whipping these machetes all over yeah. the place. Uh, there's a guy named JB who picks her up at the airport, and uh, he's driving her there. Real, real quick, this is act, he, like, just loses his accent for a second, too, and it's kind of funny. When he mm -hmm. first, like, says who he is, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's who I am. I'm not a con man. I was like, what happened to his accent? Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I kind of thought he was maybe laying it on thick because he was greeting somebody from America, so he was like extra Jamaican for a little while. I, I don't know. I don't know if that was intentional or not, or if it's just uh, this movie was not uh, super well made. <laughs> Could be either. So uh, he stops and talks to his dad along the way. His dad is a... Okay, so let me address this real quick. I'm going to say voodoo priest because that's what we're familiar with, but we're not dealing with voodoo here because voodoo is from Haiti. This is called Obe, uh, but I will probably call it voodoo at least once. But Obe is basically Jamaican voodoo. That's kind of the thing. It's the same kind of system, but it's got its own own version uh, here in Jamaica. And uh, his his dad's an Obe priest. And there's a lot of really weird slow motion shots of people macheting like for a long time while she's sitting in the car. And they uh, go to the. What's that? See, it's one of those things where, like, they tried to order 10 machetes for the film, but someone messed up and ordered 100, and they just, like, we got to put every one of those machetes <laughs> just on the film. give everyone, yeah. That's that's your parting gift, is being part of this cast. You can take a machete <laughs> home. machete. Uh, the man who hired her is named Paul, and he meets her on this big plantation. She's there to take care of his brother, Wesley, who has some kind of strange disease and thinks he's a zombie. Uh, she meets a local woman named Caro, who is going to go with her to see Wesley and wants to sculpt her. Uh, she's an artist, too. Uh, and then at night, Wesley walks out and is put into a car, and Alice is following after him. And when she goes back inside, she's grabbed by some of the servants who tie her up and cover her with CGI spiders. Uh, but again, not really. Uh, it's all a dream. Uh, but there is a Obey charm in her shower, though. Oh, and I do want to point out, as we talk about all this, Jennifer Grey keeps her clothes on in this movie, but she did agree to wear the thinnest T-shirts ever and nothing under them. Because even though this is the sweatiest movie I've ever seen, everyone is sweating constantly, like dripping, pouring down their head, but she's cold. Right, let's just say that. She's very cold <laughs> in all the scenes she's in. They definitely could not afford a bra for her. She could not afford one. Uh, so she keeps her clothes on, but uh, the next morning she goes to meet Caro and... Cairo answers the door butt naked and uh, just kind of walks around her apartment. Uh, they go to see Wesley, who we, we've heard that everybody loves him. Like, he's just the best guy and they all love him. But he's, and his, our first introduction to him, he's a dick. Like, he's so mean to everybody. He's yelling at all of them. Um, Even the whole film, I, don't, I still don't get the appeal. But okay. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure why he's like this supposedly super charming guy. Because, I don't know. He doesn't have that charisma. But uh, so then she talks to uh, JB again about his father to see if he knows how to make a zombie because uh, Wesley is convinced that he, someone is either messing with his mind or that he's a zombie. And so they go to talk to him. And there's randomly a man like in a tree. I don't know what's up with that. He's just <laughs> like standing up against a tree trunk. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. It's uh, this movie. Yeah. And someone does an attack like a, like the, the traditional voodoo doll thing, but it's not a doll. It's a little smiley face ball that JB had in his car, and they like set it on fire and poke it with stuff. And that caused uh, causes JB to see CGI tree roots attack him. He almost runs off the road. And Alice blames it on the weed that JB is smoking. And I don't think weed does that. I mean, it, it, it does it for me. Like, I've never seen trees attack. I just get sleepy and watch cartoons or something. Uh, um, I'm sorry. That, that scene took me out of the whole fucking film. Like, 
Like, obviously, <laughs> she's a doctor, right? And he's having some kind of conniption fit throughout the entire fucking episode. And at the end of it, he comes to a full stop. And her first question is, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> she doesn't check his blood pressure. <laughs> like That's what doctors say. That's yeah. what doctors yeah, say when people wrong, freak dude. out. They're like, what's wrong, dude? Uh, like, I hope that's the next thing. My my next like my next appointment I, with a doctor that I get asked is, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, she asked uh, JB's dad, uh, whose name is Julian, I think. I don't, I'll, I'll probably call him JB's dad. Uh, she asked him for help, but he says he can't because the person who's doing whatever is happening to Wesley is bigger than him. And then there, he has like a weird vision of the roof collapsing, but it doesn't happen. So Alice wears one of Cora's dresses to dinner that night, and she meets Tim Curry, who needs to be in this movie more because Tim Curry's always delightful, and I'm happy to see him in every scene. So it's a shame that he's not in this as much. Uh, they definitely got um, him down there for like one day of filming. Yeah, and no, I, do I a couple lines. Tim Curry. And, yeah. Well, and also, so he's supposedly a veterinarian, and the, but he's like part of this like elite class of people. Yeah. Like, well, I, he, he used to be a doctor, but now he's doing veterinary stuff. So maybe okay. he I, got I, enough I money as of, doctor first. Vets don't make a lot of money. I will, I'll go ahead yeah. and say that. My wife went I, to vet school. It's not. I have that. a lot of questions about that character, but we'll get to it. Uh, I, I will say with Tim Curry though, like you know that man, even when he's phoning it in, like he's amazing. <laughs> but yes. We said we don't get uh, Wesley's charm, but Tim Curry is charming in everything that he's in. Like as soon yes. as he shows up, I'm like, yes, more, more of this. Uh, but uh, we don't get a whole lot. Uh, Wesley shows up to dinner to everyone's surprise. And he's suddenly his charming old self. And he sits by Alice and uh, everyone sweats a whole lot. And then Wesley plays piano and everyone says he's doing better. Uh, that he has in a long time, even though Alice actually hasn't done anything. She just, like, talked to him once, and suddenly he's doing a lot better. So JB finds the little smiley face thing that was used to do voodoo on him and freaks out, and then Cora does, or Taro, I, I keep putting the A's and O's in the wrong place. Taro does some wild dance on a table with a random guy, and two guys get in a fight over her. Uh, that is the weirdest and the most uncomfortable scene, because like that is like the, like, if you ever want to just Google white people dancing, and that's what happened in the scene. And I love how that uh, that that uh, the Jamaican guy is sitting there just looking at it. And he's definitely in his head thinking fucking white people. Yeah. And he is a giant man. Like he is like seven foot tall, of pure muscle. Like you don't want to take this guy off. Uh, but they get in a fight. And uh, through during all of this, um, Alice finds out that Paul is selling the estate. There are some real estate agent people here. Um. Alice tells Wesley he needs to go to bed and he's like, you're better mine. And they're flirting, which I don't think this is professional doctor behavior. I think if a doctor is, you know, coming onto their patients, you usually get in trouble for that kind of thing, but she lost her license anyway. So we're already there. Yeah. She's already, she's already, she already besmirched and she's already, you know, shamed. Well, why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. She fucked around and found out real quick. And then <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the real estate agents, uh, the husband and wife, I think, or they're a couple of some sort, they're driving home. They get a flat and the guy goes to fix it and like gets thrown through the back window. Um, and uh, the woman runs off and uh, there's someone spying on Alice in her underwear. And she kind of gets this weird vibe and goes to talk to Wesley, but can't find him. And JB sneaks up behind her and grabs her and holds her mouth, which is not like how you greet people if you're not trying to molest them or something. Uh, but 
he keeps doing it. There's more than once that he does this. Oh, when I see you in Tennessee, that's how I'm greeting you, Jody. I'm just going to come behind oh, nice. you. <laughs> just, just, just go and grab my belt. Don't scream. <laughs> Calm down. It's okay. Calm down. He, did it, he did it to me when we met. That was wonderful. First of all, my head is buried in your chest. You know this. Hey, hey Jody, is this chloroform? <laughs> <laughs> he knows what it is. So uh, JB says he wants to talk to her alone. and You need to leave, and he won't leave. Then he just vanishes. I don't understand why, because she literally turns around like, where are you? It's like a Batman thing. Like, he does the whole, like, turn your back, and he's gone completely. He just was never there. Nothing, never nothing in this movie, Nothing in this movie actually happens. So then Alice and Caro go running together, and Alice trips and almost falls on the dead body of the woman who ran away last night. And in the course of uh, reporting this, she finds out that there was another woman who was found sliced up on the night that the previous doctor died and Wesley was a suspect. So she's like, what the hell have I gotten into? I want out of here. She goes to leave. Uh, but Wesley tells her he doesn't remember things because he has these like blackout episodes uh, because he used to attend these rituals as a kid that were kind of in control, uh, but they started to get out of control. And so she takes some of his blood to see what's going on with him. Uh, as Caro is driving the two of them down the road on a scooter, she starts having visions of a man chasing them and crashes the scooter. And Alice thinks that she and Wesley have the same illness, and it's only affecting people associated with this family, the Claiborne's on the plantation. And then we have a scene where they go to the beach, and Alice swims in her underwear, but it just kind of happens and then moves on to the next scene. Yeah. Uh, they get back to the house, and Alice and Wesley go for a walk, and they start to kiss, and then Wesley suddenly starts talking about his mental state and kind of runs the vibe there. And meanwhile, the guy who Carol was sleeping with earlier in that day gets shot by the superintendent guy. So there's this, I haven't mentioned him yet. There's this man who is the sweatiest man on the planet. Everyone sweats in this movie constantly, but this dude is just like running down his head every second of every moment. And this is like, uh, he, um, this is like Shaquille yeah. O'Neal level of sweat. Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. No, no, he's a, cool, he's, uh, he's a Kool-Aid man if uh, Kool-Aid man was filled with sweat. Yeah. <laughs> he's like that heavyset guy in the Coolio Gangster's Paradise video. Where just yeah. zooms in on him. He's sweat dripping all over. Uh, but he, he's kind of around just doing stuff all the time. He doesn't say a whole lot. But he's a big guy. He's sweating constantly. And he just shoots that dude, uh, you know, in plain... I would best say in plain sight, but there's nobody around, but doesn't make any attempt to be sneaky about it. So later, Wesley goes up to Carol's room with a knife and stabs her, and Tim Curry witnesses this and hides under the bed, and he goes to Alice's room and tries to stab her too. But again, not really. It's all like a vision, a dream, or whatever uh, that Alice is having. Carol's okay. And Alice has like a complete freak-out panic, uh, and uh, Tim Curry breaks her out of this episode, but she has kind of like a seizure. So Alice gets the result of the blood test, and it's a virus that has been altered. That's all we know. Some virus has been altered. And then we see Tim Curry talking with Paul and says he was fine with what was happening before, but he isn't okay with what's happening to Alice. If we'd have had uh, social media back then, people would have been arguing as to whether or not the virus actually existed. <laughs> uh, he wants to tell her what she actually has, what this virus is, but Paul says no. And so he calls her to help her understand what's happening. We see him like take a blood sample from a cat. 
And then the superintendent dude shows up again before Alice gets there. And he says something about how they're all about to be rich. And he stabs uh, Tim Curry's guy with a scalpel and kills him. Carol, Wesley, and Alice find Matthew's dead body. And Wesley finds out from Alice that Paul is selling the estate. Wesley's furious with Paul. But Paul tells Wesley he doesn't need his approval because he has power of attorney uh, because of Paul's mental state as he's been sick. Alice goes to talk to one of the servants named Violet. They go to JB's dad, Julian, to ask for help since JB is sick too. And he asked if he could make, or she asked him if he could make zombies. He says he wouldn't make zombies, but he could. He knows how. Uh, there's a powder used in the ceremony that like infects somebody, uh, but there's another powder that could counteract it. And so the three go to an obey service. And Alice dances wildly around, wildly and nipply, uh, because, again, very sweaty, but also very cold, until she has a vision of some kind of snake woman, like, for, like, a half a second. I couldn't even tell exactly what was going like on. Like, her There's hair snake turned woman. into snakes or something. I don't know. I lost. Oh, that's later. Uh, this that's, is the, okay, this is the point where I'm just, I'm just give, I just give up on this. Is, this this is dancing <laughs> at the service, and she has this vision and screams. And then she thinks about the cats at Matthew's house for some reason. Like, it just suddenly comes to her, like, cats. Uh, and so she runs to the lab and she draws her own blood and uh, starts working to create an antidote because she realizes, I don't know what made her realize this, by the way, like she's at a, like a service dancing around. And the next thing you know, she's like, aha, I've got it. Uh, she finds out that the disease is actually feline leukemia that has been altered to infect humans. Uh, I'm just gonna go on record here. I'm I'm only trying to give this character a little bit more credit than she deserves. I assume it's because of the fact that she is a doctor and she's a little bit more varied in terms of uh, how to diagnose different kinds of diseases between animals and you know people. I mean, obviously she's not a vet, but at the same time she must have known like you know oh well I saw that there were cats in this man's house and whatnot maybe. I saw a sign that said F-E-L-V and, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some blood got transfused, whatever the case may be. But that's that's as far as I go to give her that kind of credit. That's just, a lot of hoops to jump through. As you get to I just, say. So, like, that's just how I try to make it logical. I, I, I just don't know how we get from scene A to scene B. Because scene A, she's, like, dancing in this church service and getting all sweaty. And then literally the next scene is her having figured everything out. Like, there's okay. no space between the two. I agree. Uh, so uh, it's feline leukemia. It's been altered. Matthew and Paul were working together basically to keep Wesley incapacitated without killing him so that Paul could maintain power of attorney and sell the estate. So this is all just a big scam to basically like Munchausen uh, Wesley so that they can keep power of attorney and uh, take over the estate. So Alice tells Paul that she knows what's going on and that Wesley is going to the courthouse to revoke his power of attorney. But once again, superintendent guy is there and he stops him before he can go inside and uh, doesn't tell him where he's taking him. Well, point of order. Why would she tell him that before he even gets there so he can give the guy a chance to alert the it's, authorities? It's just it's always good to warn your enemies uh, when you know their schemes before you take any action. It's it's always good. Yeah, it's like it courtesy. Was it was yeah, the plan before i you know kill you or, or yeah, yeah it's like a, it was almost like a reverse of the bond villain yes thing, where they like i'm gonna tell you <laughs> the, where the good guy says this is all the things i'm gonna do to thwart your plan yes the bad guy has a chance 
to call the chief of police or whoever he is, the superintendent, whatever, in South Wesley. Yes. It's a great move. So anyway, uh, then Caro goes looking for Wesley and can't find him, but she hears drums in the distance and says she's concerned. Uh, Caro and Alice then go to find the source of the drums. But again, the superintendent is there and he stops them from going through. This dude can just do whatever he wants, despite the fact that he looks like he is close to a heart attack all the time. I mean, but, man, not, not, not to kill the mood, though, he died the year after this movie. Oh, man. Damn, Jason, why would you even tell us that? Dude. Oh, uh, sorry. I'm out here. I'm out here making dark, jokes really about this, and you're like, "Yeah, that man was actually oh, yeah. he actually sick. Was he was sweating because joking. of his illness." <laughs> <laughs> Heartless bastard. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, he stops them, and so they go through this escape tunnel that they happen to have. Uh, but Caro runs out of breath. Uh, say it's all coming together. Wes or Alice has been running. She's better shape. Even though both of these women are extremely good shape, you can tell that obviously. But uh, she's just, you know, not as in good shape. So she stops and Alice goes on her own. JB once again sneaks up behind her and grabs her around the mouth because that's how he greets people. Um, and we see that there's this wild ritual happening in the woods. There's drumming and dancing, and uh, they're going to turn Wesley into a zombie. Paul is there along with some of the servants. Oh, excuse me. And Paul himself blows the powder into Wesley's face and it causes him to like seize up and they lay him down in a coffin and bury him. So JB joins in, in the dancing uh, to kind of distract everybody while Alice sneaks around and holds a knife to Paul's neck. And they take the mask off the priestess who's in charge of this whole thing. And it is Caro. She's been the bad guy all along. Shocking. Um, actually, I, I honestly didn't see the surprise coming because on its I wasn't paying enough attention. Yeah. <laughs> if I paid close attention, it may have been telegraphed, but you know, I didn't. I was just watching it. JB gets a vision that he's on fire. Alice believes her hair is attacking her. It's like turning to snakes, and so they kind of lose all of the advantages they had. And Caro reveals that she actually is Wesley and Paul's sister. Uh, her father is their father he had sex with one of his servants and she had to grow up basically as a servant even though she should by all accounts have been a member of the family and so she's doing all this for revenge uh their father had their mother killed to hide it so uh, she has a lot of resentment about all these things and she's gonna have paul killed and the rest turned to zombies so that she will be the only heir remaining for the property she was never sick, but she has been intentionally infecting everyone else. Like at one one point, Alice got a cut on her arm. Carol helped take care of it, but she also infected her with this disease. Uh, she wants Alice to do the job of making JB into a zombie with the powder. And Alice holds out her hand and takes the powder in it. And because these people, I guess, just weren't prepared for her to fight back in any way at all, she, you know, slightly moves her hand to the side and blows the powder in Caro's <laughs> face instead. You know, it was really preventable, but, you know, these people were confident. Uh, JB grabs a machete and fights back uh, anyone who tries to attack, and they dig up Wesley out of the ground. And then we cut to some time later. In the end, Alice and Wesley are getting married at the estate with all the, like, good friends and servants still there. 
Uh, and then we find out Kara is also in a bridal gown, like dead eyed as a zombie. It's a gross ending. The superintendent lays her in bed and starts like unbuttoning a shirt. Like dude, that's superintendent. The implication is gross. It's terrible. Like the ending's like, okay, cool. Uh, you as the the protagonist, it's like the worst thing ever. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I, I I'm all for the bad guy getting their like just desserts and tells from the crypt, but zombification rape is not like that's <laughs> that's too far man that's too far and that guy made the weirdest fucking noises too like that was just like a yeah. name yeah so then we get it that's the end of the movie uh that it does end on that grossness uh but there's a post-credit scenes with fake outtakes of the crypt keeper like farting i don't even know man like it's there it exists and that's it that's the movie beans, you have man, jerk chicken beans <laughs> yeah well oh. anyway you have experienced ritual now <laughs> in some form. <laughs> Thank you, Jody. Congratulations. Um, all right, Jonathan, you're our guest. You can start us off. What did you think of this movie? <laughs> uh, is that a serious question? Yes. <laughs> uh, so, I Release mean, your oh, hates. Give into it. No, no. The, the fact is, is like, you know, when it comes down to the entire Tales franchise, this this film I mean, because we all, a lot of people who know about the franchise in terms of the films, uh, they know that this is not a film that was meant for the original slate of the Tales franchise when it came down to theatrical releases. This wasn't even theatrically released, even in the UK. This was a UK produced film that was just sent straight to DVD and they slapped the Tales label on it and said, we're good to go. And uh, it's definitely a a big miss when it comes down to the overall. elements of what the franchise normally produces especially one that uh stopped in what mid 96 uh came to a screeching call after season seven and then with bordello leaving a bad taste in everyone's mouth and then you release this with the tails logo and the crypt keeper intro and outro you thought that you were going to somehow i don't know i guess reignite the fandom with this and this was this was not the way to go um, the overall film, uh, with the plots, with the characters, uh, the characters were terrible. Um, like a few of them were kind of like interesting. Uh, I would say, uh, the doctor just a little bit is interesting. I just don't like some of her, like, for example, when she questioned her driver and she was like, what the hell is wrong with you? She could be a little dumb sometimes. Um, aside from that, there's really no likable characters that you can resonate with or you want to basically root for in this film um other than that like you know i basically see it as like a cash grab you know uh i i i give all credit due to jack wall uh john Cassier, van snowden's puppeteer team for trying to basically use the crypt keeper to kind of basically uh reignite the tales franchise with this but they picked the wrong movie to do it if they were going to do that so that's just my opinion. All right, Mondo. Yeah, I was not a fan of this. Like, I, I I was about 45 minutes in. I'm like, this has to be almost over, right? And I looked at it, I was like, oh, my God, I'm <laughs> only 45 minutes in. And this movie's gone pretty much nowhere. Uh, also, a lot of weird choices in this. And you can definitely tell without even if you didn't know what year this was made in and you grew up in that era, you could definitely tell when it was made because it has those MTV style edits where it almost and I hate it. I hate those quick jump cuts that, because they overuse it. In this. It's way overdone and it's very distracting from the rest of the movie. 
I feel a lot of the performances, they had some good actors and the performances still weren't good. As in, I think a lot of them were just phoning it in is it was just like, all right, I'm getting paid to go to Jamaica and do this movie and whatever. Yeah, the script wasn't good. The directing wasn't good. Um, I, I can't say really it was in focus. I think it was in focus. <laughs> I'll give it that. The soundtrack wasn't good. And also, like, I always hate whenever they take a – Jamaica, yes. Does Jamaica have poverty? Sure, sure it does. We have poverty here in the U.S. too. And I hate that's what they highlighted about the country is they highlighted it being a poor country. They're constantly talking about how bad this country is. And it, it's kind of almost uncomfortable, especially at the beginning with all the machetes. Like, it's almost saying like, oh, look, as much as – everyone has a machete here, obviously, because they're, they're a savage country. I didn't like that. I thought that was kind of really – uh, I don't think that would fly in 2023, and it, nor, nor should it, and it shouldn't have flown back then. Uh, so overall, like I'm just gonna say, like there was Tim Curry. Tim Curry was was the one redeeming fact in this because it's always fun to see Tim Curry on screen. But uh, like like Jonathan said, like there's nothing redeeming about the characters because they're fucking idiots. Like how do you root for an idiot? They were all just so dumb and doing the dumbest decisions. And it's like, how do I ever get behind any of you? I want you all to fail. I want you to become a zombie. And I want you to accidentally fall in the grave with him. Is there a way like a plague can just wipe out the entire um, main cast? Like everyone else can be cool. They can all live. But the main cast, I wanted to, to die. It is so uh, all in all. Yeah, man, just don't. No one should watch this movie. Just give it a give it. A, just, just walk away. Yeah, I'm going to hop in. It's. This might be the worst thing with the tail's name on it. Um, I was recording a segment with Al Katz and Gil Adler earlier today talking about you murderer name drop. And uh, well, the reason why <laughs> reason why I'm name dropping that is because I mentioned that they, they made a joke about how bad Bordello blood is. I'm like, guys, I'm recording later tonight to talk about this movie ritual with that. They slapped the name on and I would watch Bordello blood any day of the week over this movie. It's, Bordello Blood at least had enough fun stuff in it to where, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and I mean, you went on a whole podcast where people were actually defending the movie. I, I, I would not think that people would defend this movie. No, um, yeah, but it makes Bordello Blood look great in comparison, yeah. not masterpiece or anything, but still, like, there's just there's it, so it's many. Great, it's the greater evil. Yeah, there's just so many like scenes that don't make any sense. Like that, like Joey said, there's that scene on the beach where nothing really happens. It's just they want to get a shot on the beach, and they want to get another shot. Jennifer Grey walking into the water with clothes on and just getting wet. Um, and there's just like characters kind of disappear randomly, and like I don't know what happened to Tim Curry's character. Did I like? gloss over it did he just disappear did 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 he have any resolution to that character the the superintendent stabbed him with a scalpel yeah so yeah Yeah. i i totally missed that scene i don't know if i was like looking at my phone for like a second because it was very unexpected because they're having Mm -hmm. a conversation just kind of saying hey you haven't given what i asked for yet he goes just hang tight give me time and the guy just starts murdering him like doesn't even yeah Mm -hmm. it it was so it was kind of like okay I, they, we have to tack this on because Tim Curry can't film past 12 o'clock today. Right. <laughs> and we have to get rid of his like, character. If, come on, let's get up. No, come on, come on, let's go. If there's one thing I would say, yeah, it's there's some quality actors in this movie that are nice to look at, I guess, but the, even then they're not, they don't have anything to say or do that is at all engaging. Um, the effects and the editing, I kind of give a, a slight pass to just because of the era it was in. It's like, I really like Freddy versus Jason. I really enjoy that movie. But yeah, the music and the editing, 
the, the fast cuts and some of that weird slow motion is very of the time and I love it, but I give it a pass because that's just the style that was in vogue at the time. I would so, argue though to say the editing of Freddy versus Jason was still a lot more was still in the direction was still more solid, still less. Uh, oh yes, uh, I'm just frantic, saying like as far as evaluating like film of the time. So I oh, tend to give that stuff okay. a little bit of a pass, but it just does, but doesn't do anything to help this movie. Yeah, I would say in comparison to to that film with Freddy vs. Jason, like, uh, like for example, the uh, Freddy Caterpillar, uh, like that kind of CGI versus what we saw in Ritual. Like Rituals is complete crap versus that. And obviously, like, like you said, this is part of the time, you know, yeah. part of that era. So obviously that plays a little bit of leeway. Yeah. But you know, what I'm I mean, to be um, fair, Freddy vs. Jason probably had a budget. I don't yeah, think it did. Yeah, respect. Yeah. Um, I will give props to the scene towards the beginning where the doctor melts. Yeah, that was um, cool. That was a cool scene. I, I was like, okay, there's, there could be something fun happening here. But every time they, something cool happens and they quote, undo it as a vision, it's just like a kick in the pants. You're just yeah. like, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like one step forward, 50 steps back. Like <laughs> Something cool happens. Nope. Didn't actually happen. That has no impact on the lot. You're like, fuck you. It was a heart, it was a heart attack. Yeah. Um, and that Crypt Keeper scene, again, it wasn't, I don't know if I'm happy or mad that it wasn't in the version I watched. Because I, again, I, I just wanted to see how it integrated with the rest of the movie. But it is the worst Crypt Keeper segment of all time. Oh, no. It is, it's not funny. It's borderline offensive in many ways. It's like, oh, it's the puppet looks like crap. Again, he's just like sitting. We're used to him being in the crypt and being dark atmospheric. He was just like sitting by a pool. It's just it, it's, everything about it is just wrong. Well, and they can do that. They can make the Crypt Keeper be goofy, right? But it, but but even when you watch a show, even in the, some of the episodes we've watched recently that weren't very good, it still has the same spirit of the Crypt Keeper. Yes. And this mm-hmm. did not. Right. Okay. Um, this, again, this, this, I, I compare this, creeper, this Crypt Keeper to like, you wanted Bill Murray in your movie, but you couldn't afford him, so you got his brother Joel. And so it's like, okay, he's part of the family, but not really. That this is like the Crypt Keeper's cousin, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like that, I'm, that, I'm, that is that's attributed to uh the fact that that Crypt Keeper puppet right there is created by Vance Snowden's puppeteer team. Vance Snowden was originally part of Kevin Yeager's puppeteer team, and when the show had ended. Uh, eventually, the puppet had to be used for Secrets of the Crypt Keepers Haunted House game show, and then Kids WB, FearNet segments. That pretty much segued into the fact that Kevin Yeager was no longer doing anything with the Chucky franchise or Tales from the Crypt at that point. So, Jack Wall Productions and Tales from the Crypt were trying to figure out, okay, how can we get the Crypt Keeper running again? And they enlisted Van Snowden for that. And Van Snowden and his team created this. I can so. give them a pass for a subpar puppet if the if the writing was good, if the gags were good, if the jokes were good. I can give a pass to the puppet, but there's just the spirit and the humor just were not there whatsoever. It was. Yeah. I'm a little surprised that John Casier agreed to do this. I don't know if he's like on their contract or they just gave him a ton of money, but it's just like, or maybe they didn't give him the script beforehand. Mm. I can't blame I him, mean, but I'm also like, oof. I mean, just, I, I bet. I mean, a actors good take crappy roles. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's if, a if they say this guy you've originated is going to be in a movie, and we either cast you or get somebody else to do it. I'm I sure he feels. Yeah, I'm sure he feels ownership over the character. It's just, and I, I don't blame him. It's just, oof. I, I feel 
almost embarrassed well, on his behalf. No, nah, you, you know, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, being in Hollywood and being an actor or voice actor is just like any of us, right? We've all done stuff at our jobs we didn't want to do because we need to, because we, we can't tell, you know, because we need to, we all need a paycheck to survive on. So, like, I'll, I'll never fault an actor or an actress for taking a, a shitty role when it means a paycheck. I think Christian Bale once said, like, he'll do almost, at that time, he's like, I'll do almost any role because uh, my kids have to eat. Like, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, I, and I respect it. Because you never, um, you never know, you never know when your career is going to be gone. At that point, Tails wasn't around anymore. I'm not sure how much work he was getting, and the opportunity to yeah. jump in back into the character might have been appealing. That's true. It's, I guess, I guess, I, again, we're just so used to the quality of writing that yeah. like Alan Gill put into that, and this is just right. nowhere near. And, and who knows? Like he's even, he's even given a script, and who knows if maybe like yeah. he said, and maybe maybe he was given a script, and it was a rewrite. Who knows? Yeah. And in Casier's case, you know, he's very passionate in regards to the Tales franchise and yeah. to the fans. So mm-hmm. like when, when he's offered the opportunity to play the role of the Crypt Keeper again, he loves to do it for us too. Yeah. And he, like he, he's synonymous with the Crypt Keeper. So he knows for, yeah. it's like, like how can you guys expect a Nightmare on Elm Street film without Robert England? You know what I'm saying? Like right. he is iconic for that. So like, you know, when it comes to that kind of opportunity, of course he's going to take it. But then at the same time, when it comes to this film being made, adding these Crypt Keeper segments, you also don't have Kevin Yeager on board behind it. You don't right. have Al Katz and Gil Adler writing for the uh, the film or for the segments because Kevin Yeager always direct. He, for the, for the most part, he directed every single Crypt Keeper segment. Well, towards the, the beginning, I know Gil took over for uh, yeah. after a while, but yeah, they kind of yeah. split things. Right. Um, I mean, all right. I mean, John Kassir did do the Crypt Keeper voice for us for a cameo, you know, like no, I don't, I don't the man, the man likes doing I, the voice. Too. No, I don't fault him for that. I, it's just this is the, every time I see or you think about that, I just get depressed. Yeah, <laughs> it's just sad. Um, all right. Let me do a bit of a talent rundown. Then, Jody, we'll get to you. I'm trying to give you a nice long okay, that's break. Fine, yeah, since I'm the the one kind of semi positive semi. Um, OK, so this was directed by Avi Nesher. Um, who's a very well-acclaimed Israeli director. He's like one of the biggest directors out of Israel. Um, he did a movie called Doppelganger uh, with, um, what's her name? Drew Barrymore, Raw Nerve. Right before this, he's a lot of international movies. Um, obviously, we have Jennifer Grey, known for Red Dawn, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Dirty Dancing. She's also a winner of Dancing with the Stars. Ooh, and this is where things get a little more interesting. Uh, we have Craig Schiffer as Paul Claiborne. He was in Nightbreed, um, A River Runs Through It, Fire in the Sky, um, that football movie, The Program, Hellraiser Inferno, um, One Tree Hill. He was also in American Horror Stories as Richard Nixon. Um, Very see. interesting career there. Yeah, no, really interesting career. <laughs> um, and then we have Daniel LaPayne, uh, who's Wesley Claiborne. He was in Double Jeopardy, Zero Dark Thirty, and some Black Mirror episodes. Uh, Kristen Wilson plays Caro. She was in Dr. Doolittle 1, 2, and 3, the Eddie Murphy versions. The 2000s, Dungeons and & Dragons. And I think one of her last credits was Mega Python versus Gatoroid. And then, of course, we Gatoroid. have... Gatoroid sounds like some kind of... Gator hemorrhoid thing. Like, I, don't know, like, kinda... <laughs> I, I love yeah, those movies. Because like, all right, we have a shark and a gator. Quick, add prefixes, add suffixes and prefixes, and we'll, we'll figure this movie out. Right, and then we have Tim Curry, obviously, um, Rocky Horror Picture Show, Clue, It, Congo, Legend, Tell Us from the Crypt, um, uh, Death of Some Salesman, mm-hmm. Icon. 
Yeah, um, I still feel like he did this as a favor to somebody. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be there's got to be some story oh, behind that. Or that you mentioned we'll earlier, over here. Maybe just you want to go to Jamaica? Yeah, yeah. Why not? We'll pay you. We'll pay you to come to Jamaica and hang out. Yeah, why not? I would take that offer. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Yeah, you got RDM and everything. And then we have the doctor from the beginning again, the one who like kind of melts but doesn't. Um, he's a great character. I love it when this guy shows up. He yeah, his name is Eric Avari. Um, he was in Star Trek, Next Generation, DS9, and the Enterprise. He was in Encino Man, Stargate, Independence Day. Uh, he was on episodes of Babylon 5, he was in the movie The Mummy, he was on The West Wing, The 13th Warrior, Planet of the Apes, The X-Files, and the Daredevil movie. He's just a guy you show up and like, oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, the mummy, the mummy is definitely the main thing I know him from. Yeah. I, I recognize his face immediately. He's one of those guys, though, that's been in so many things. Mm-hmm. That when I try to figure out what I know him from, the list is too long. Yeah, right. And he's also like he's like that vaguely ethnic um, right. type, or like as IMDb states on this trivia, he's played over twenty different ethnicities. Um. And there's a lot of other people in this movie. Like, I just can't list everything, but um, yeah, not a terrible cast. A director that definitely has talent, but I don't know what the hell happened. Oh, and one of the writers, this is interesting, is Rob Cohen. Um, and he directed uh, like Stealth and uh, Dragonheart, if you remember that, Bruce Lee, a Dragon the Bruce Lee movie. Um, and he also wrote. Uh, or sorry, he executive produced the Serpent and the Rainbow. That was actually a very good, oh. a much better Caribbean voodoo movie, <laughs> movie with yeah. um, Bill Bill Pullman. Let's get them mixed up. Um, yeah, so that's a far better version of this movie. Yeah, the only that's other cast Craven, is that was Craven directed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. was Craven did Serpent yeah. and the Rainbow. The only other person I like in the cast that I instantly recognized was the guy who was like at the the hospital, the chief of the unit or whatever. Stephen Toblerowski, I think is his name. Uh, He's he was in uh, Groundhog Day as the guy who like greeted Bill Murray every day and a bunch of other stuff, too. He's just one of those guys who's in everything. We should watch Groundhog Day. Day. He has, I was, I was looking at his IMDb, he has a crazy-ass life. He <laughs> helped helped um, David Bryan of, of uh, Talking Heads write the song uh, Radiohead, which Ooh. Radiohead got their name from. He was also supposedly stabbed twice in one week. Fuck. <laughs> like one time, like at, at a bar and then at the restaurant next to it. Okay. Totally different get, days, totally different situations. If you get stabbed you twice, should go to a different area. Yeah, I'm not saying he deserved it, but he did something. Like, there's, there's something about yeah, yeah, this. <laughs> yeah. Again, so, he's be, if I go to a bar and I get stabbed, I'm not going to go like hang out at the restaurant next door in the same week. I'm like, give it a I'm, month. I'm just saying, supposedly somebody was harassing his wife or his girlfriend at the time, and he was trying to jump in. But one of the times, um, it hit his belt buckle, and the other time, it just glanced him. But still, oh, man. They try that's to they, crazy. They try to stab him in the dick. Like that's, <laughs> that's terrible. All right. Jody, now that we've sufficiently uh, bashed this movie, let's hear what you got. Uh, I'm not going to defend this movie because everything you all said is true. Like everything you said is true. It is by far the worst Tales from the Crypt property. But just as like 
So this was not intended to be Tales from the Crypt. So in my brain, I have to kind of separate this out from the rest of things just because they stick a name on it. Again, if this was a direct-to-video movie I randomly stumbled across, I see, you know, I read the back of it and see the cast, and I'm like, okay, there's some good people in here. I love Tim Curry. Always happy to see him and some stuff. Take it home and watch it. It wouldn't be a terrible time. Like, it's not a... For a cheap direct-to-video movie, I've seen much, much worse. Like, this is not offensively bad. It's just cheap and low-budget, and, you know, people have phoned it in. Um, I think if it didn't have the Tales name on it, it would be, you know, just forgettable. But because it's got Tales on there, you know, people like us have to watch it because uh, we torture ourselves to include everything. If it was but a like Tales I, movie, no one would be talking about it. We wouldn't be talking about it right yeah. now. Like, no, one no, would no, because no it would have been, been it would have been 100% forgotten. Like, it was yeah. just a random cheap direct video movie there's a million of them like i remember walking through the video stores as a teenager and a college student and they were filled with movies that no one had ever heard of and no one would ever think about again after watching them and you know you put them on as filler you you want to see a little blood and guts and you know in this one you got one really good war scene and it was really good like i honestly think the doctor's death where he melts because first it gets hot and he starts like his skin starts bubbling and there's big like they do that bladder effect, you know, where it's like his skin's like swelling and popping. You know, it's it's a great gore scene. Um, I don't think the actors were really that bad in this. Like there could have been much, much worse. You know, Jennifer Gray's a good actress. Uh, her character is not super well written, but I thought she did a good job. I thought the other people did a good job in it. I should it's probably just, more say my criticism of the acting probably has a lot to do with just the poorness of the script. Yeah, yeah it's more I, the script than anything. Like I what think. they're giving. Like when you're given that bad of material, it's really hard to. When, when to you have crappy lines, it's hard to act them well, you know. Uh, so I, you know, I, again, I'm not going to defend this in any way. But I didn't completely hate it. Like I, if it hadn't been a Tills thing. I think I'd have a higher opinion of it. I don't like that Tails got dragged into this because it had no reason to be. It could have just existed on its own without the Crypt Keeper. But, you know, I've watched much worse. This was just forgettable. It was more forgettable than anything. It was not offensive. Like, I have watched movies that I've left with just a nasty taste in my mouth. Instead, I'll probably forget everything about this movie in a, a week. So like it's it's not going to be something that sticks with me. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, Ritual. That was that. That was the Bad Tales movie. I think it had Tim Curry in it. That's what I'm going to remember in a month, um, even though I took all these notes. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's th th there are much worse things coming out direct to video at the time. I wish they hadn't stuck a Tales name on it. But just as far as like if if we were a podcast that reviewed cheap direct-to-video movies from the late 90s and early 2000s, it'd probably be fine. Like, I'd, I'd put it up there as like, yeah, it was a pretty decent time. Uh, but when we stick tails on it, it, that obviously drags the whole franchise down. And so I don't like that about it. Yeah, it I remember, work. I'm the one who liked Bordello, too. So I, I'm easy to please. <laughs> you know, I mean, c compared to, like, most of, the, most of the other Tales films and whatnot. Bordello, for me, is kind of like a little bit more of a guilty pleasure. It's not yeah. good, 
Yeah. But I, I enjoy it for what it is, despite the production issues, um, you know, Dennis Miller problems, and pretty much all the cast issues, whatever the case may be. Um, but it goes back to what you and Armando were talking about when it came down to the fact, like, we wouldn't be talking about this film if it wasn't for the mm-hmm. fact that it had Tales Logo on it. Like, it brings me back to when 2002 was still uh, fresh. And but a, a little bit before that, I was kind of already on the whole hook about the film because uh i don't know if you guys know there's a there's a diehard crypt fan named crypt keeper 1225 his name is ian he used to run this old GeoCities website for tales from the crypt and back in like 2000 2001 i was always frequently on it and he would post like these little mini posters of the film in its production showing stills of it and talking about voodoo and you know how it's supposed to be a replacement for Dead Easy um, or Fat Tuesday. And then eventually, I mean, obviously I paid attention to it because I was like, I want another film. And then when 2002 rolled around and they finally announced it to be uh, on DVD, straight to DVD or video, then I saw the Crypt Keeper's uh, image in like the top left corner of the cover. Uh, obviously, I'm enticed to buy it and find out. And, you know, is it a legit Tales film? And Obviously, at that age, what I think it was like 12, 13 years old, I didn't know better. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just like, the Crypt Keeper's there, the Crypt Keeper's there. This is a Tales film. Going back to it now, it does not hit. <laughs> it just does not hit. <laughs> I, just, I, I just remember, you know, being, being in, I, I guess I would have been right after college or right around college. I used to rent a ton of movies. Like that was Friday night. Like I would go and rent four or five movies. I loved my Hollywood video. I'd rent stuff I had never heard of just based on covers and stuff. And 90% of them, I do not remember in any way. And then I'd run across one that was actually like memorable. Like, I, you know, I'd pick up laid to rest in the midst Ooh, yeah. of picking up, you know, some like eight films to die for, or, you know, some dark sky. Th- like, hey, there was, was a good. bunch of shitty movies. Yeah. There was a bunch of, you know, crappy movies, yeah. okay movies, forgettable movies. And this would have fallen right in there if it hadn't had that crypt yeah. up in the like corner pasted in. I think for some yeah. reason back then it was more of a charm to dig in yeah. through all those movies because now there's so much mind. content at our fingertips and we you know we're all yeah. we're all busy people. And I look at it, I think I get more angry now when I watch terrible films because it's yeah. like I have so much good stuff and good content out there I want to watch and I'm behind or shows I'm behind on or movies I want to see, and I'm gonna spend an hour and why was it an hour and 45 minutes? It was too long. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to spend long. an hour and 45 minutes watching watching bad content. Yeah, and, I think Jonathan said it really ahead. well that, like, I would definitely say Bordello could be a guilty pleasure. Sure. What the biggest sin a movie can make for me is being boring. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you can be bad, but at least be entertaining. But being bad and boring, that's just, that's just grating on me. Dennis Miller's terrible, but he's fun to laugh at. And fun to like yeah. it's fun to slap your head and be like what the fuck was this guy thinking um is it good no but yeah that movie doesn't make me physically angry or doesn't make me like <laughs> why well, I, I don't think i wasted my life when i watch that movie <laughs> yeah 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 i just i, I just from I, I remember the hunt at the time you know like mm-hmm. most of the movies i watched were pretty crappy and then occasionally there'd be a gem this isn't one of them this is one of the crappy ones that you know i forgot that i ever watched but mm-hmm. you know there are much worse movies out there. I'll concede yeah. there's much worse, but yeah, it's not good. Like I'm not defending it. <laughs> yeah, it's just you know, 
you know, my standards I, are low. I definitely attest to what you're saying, Joey. It's just like, for, for me, it's like, it's a bad movie. And obviously, there we in comparison, there are worse movies out there. But for me, it's like, yes, it's a bad movie, but it's one that I will never waste my time truly watching. If, if, if I had a choice between that movie and another, I'm always going to pick the other. Yeah. You know? like, yeah, so I'm never watching this again. Unless Jason no. makes us. But I'm, I'm not, like otherwise, I'm not watching this movie. Oh, no, if you strap me to a chair and ask if I'd rather watch this or nothing but trouble, I'd, I'd have to think about it. <laughs> oh, I am offended. There is an opening on this podcast, Jonathan. I mean, you know, we are at some point watching Nothing But Trouble. It's I know. I, I do sorry, feel like we should. Right. Even that movie, Dan Aykroyd saved that movie too. Man, I I like that movie. That movie's fun. Uh, okay, it's been like twenty, at least twenty years since I've seen that. So I would, I guess, I would give it another watch just to give it a try. Maybe twenty years, I'll give this movie another watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I someone mark it down in twenty years, remind me to watch this movie. In 20 years, I will watch it again because I will have forgotten that I watched yes. it. <laughs> because I won't remember a damn thing about it. All right. I think we've been this dead horse. Let's move on to our ratings. Zero to five. Five being the best. Two being the worst. Half points. Jonathan. One. One. Mondo. One. You know what? I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to go one and a half because Tim Curry. I'm giving you the one because of Tim Curry. Yeah, the one was Tim Curry. <laughs> <laughs> was Tim Curry for me. <laughs> I mean, and, and and Jody did sway me a little bit, uh, mainly because that that melting scene was freaking cool. Yeah, and but I hate to say it, the movie was bad enough toward by the end of the movie, I forgot that scene even existed mm-hmm. <laughs> until you uh, resolved yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, Jody. So as the most positive one on this one, I'm giving it a two. Like that. I mean, when I say positive, <laughs> we're talking real loose. It's all uh, <laughs> grades of. Yeah. yeah. Jody's opti- optimistically negative. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistically four out of ten. You know, like <laughs> solidly failing, but not failing as bad. All right. Obviously, no Uncle Al this week. I will say because I mean I can't help myself. I did go to IMDb and email some of the producers that worked on this movie, but it's cons, or at least cons just ended. So most of them were out of the office. Maybe we'll get a response. Maybe we won't. And if we get something, maybe we'll put something together. But for now, that's that's all she wrote about this movie. Mondo, give us our song of the day. All righty. So after I watch this, I'm like, all right, I just need to listen to something that makes me happy because uh, this movie really kind of made me very sad. So uh, I'm going to pick a song by an Irish band, a little Irish band, a little little Celtic kind of folk metal band from, uh, yeah, the, the great country of Ireland uh, called Primordial. Very, uh, Primordial is an interesting band because they, I think, the, the lead, the front, the front man started the band when he was like 16 and they're still going strong today. When I say 16, I think it was like that was like an 89 or, or, or somewhere around there when we were, when we were all actually young. And, uh, and later on, it was started off as very black metal, very death metal, very angry and evil sounding. And then over the years, kind of really shifted the band to be more of a more more folk inspired they tell a lot of stories or albums uh still some little bit of growling here and there but mostly clean singing and the guy uh, the front man's a really great singer so the the song i picked is a it's kind of a somber song but like just the intro riff just gets you get you going and makes you happy so uh the song is called where greater men have fallen off the same record where greater men have fallen from their 2014 record of the same name which i just said and uh yeah Check it out. It's uh, some really, really good metal. Thank you, Mondo. Uh, Jody, do we have any 
news are we going to skip it this week? I'm okay. With no, we, we, we can do a little bit of news. Just mm-hmm. a couple quick things. Um, Renfield is going to be coming out on Blu-ray soon, DVD, all that fun stuff. And uh, one of the editions that uh, is coming out is the Dracula Sucks Edition Blu-ray with 60 minutes of bonus features. Ooh, yeah, and nice. uh, I really enjoyed Renfield. I, I know. I like it too. So, yeah, give me more of this. If we got some alternate takes, deleted scenes, stuff like that, Nick Cage caging it up, like that will make me happy. Uh, I enjoy that a lot. We got a movie coming out this summer called Cocaine Crabs from Outer Space. What? Just like saying it. Don't know a thing about it, but Cocaine oh, Crabs from Outer Space. Free with all the. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. Post. Post Cocaine Bear. We're in a lot of cocaine movies. I think Cocaine Shark is officially a movie. I read something about it the other day. So, uh, you know, if you're an aspiring screenwriter, pick an animal. Add cocaine, movie writes itself, right? Like it's just there. Cocaine squirrel, cocaine deer, cocaine you know, gorilla. cocaine gitteroid. <laughs> that's that's what you get if you take cocaine that way. Um, we're getting a 4K of the movie Nightbreed that we mentioned earlier. Uh, Clive Barker classic. I don't know which version though, because there's like the director's cut, a bunch of other cuts. I didn't get into the details, but you know, I always like 4Ks being released. And finally, very small thing, uh, but one that I will waste hours and hours of my life on. Uh, Diablo 4 will be officially coming out on June 6th. Uh, I played the open beta when it uh, was released a month or so ago. It's fun. I like the Diablo games. Uh, I'll need something to move on to once I finish uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So uh, Diablo will fill that void for me in my heart. Uh, Not as much as Zelda will, but uh, it's still good stuff. I enjoy killing massive amounts of monsters and upgrading my material and getting cool uh, looking armor. That's that's Diablo. That's what it is. I understand a lot of people might not like that, but uh, if you're the kind of person it's made for, you're probably going to have a good time with this one. Um, speaking of video games, there was a big announcement last week that uh, Mortal Kombat 1 is coming out. Yeah. If you saw that. They, they released just the... Um, yeah, they only released the... Uh, like It's a trailer, no gameplay trailer, trailer yeah. but it's like uh, basically Liu Kang as a fire god has started the whole new realm and crazy shit's going to okay. happen. It's, it looks really yeah. cool. I'm a Mortal Kombat fan, so I'll, I'll yeah, definitely me check too. it out. I like Mortal Kombat. Likewise, yep. yeah. The yeah, the only thing that keeps me from being a huge Mortal Kombat player is I suck at it. Like, it's a oh. hard game to figure out all the moves Dude, on. Dude, when I play it now, I play it on easy mode, just have a good time, just killing <laughs> the computer. And uh, it looks like, too, there's also rumored that the, some of the secret characters, two of them are going to be Homelander and um, Peace, uh, Peacemaker, mm-hmm. oh, which could be really true, freaking yeah. cool. They've always what? done really cool. I mean, they've done the Terminator. Mm-hmm. They've done Freddy, Jason, Leatherface. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Leatherface, I don't know if I can. I'm allowed to talk about it, but I was part of the technical test for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the game. Um, only got a chance to play a handful of games, but everything I everything I played about it, it's, I think it's gonna be very enjoyable. Granted, it's very very early stage. It's not coming out to October. Um, but what I got to play of it, I just want to say it's very promising. Nice. Um, legit, like some scary stuff in there. Like it's kind of creepy when you're not when you're playing a, a, as the survivors. And you're trying to get out of the basement, and you can just hear the chainsaw like faintly. It's like, oh god damn it, it's coming for me. 
I like that. I but just, what I will I, say though is that I'm I'm waiting for the day that NetherRealm Studios uh, drops a horror fighting game on us, a horror movie monster fighting game on us. But yeah. I mean, since like the last few games, they've had Freddy, Jason, Alien, Predator, yeah. Terminator, you know, all, all these different characters from different properties. I'm waiting for them to drop a horror movie fighting game. Uh, so. There was Hopefully. someone, and you can find it on the internet. There's someone who made like a fan version yeah. of one. Oh, um, yeah, was like, yeah, that was a long time yeah. ago. And yeah. and for a fan made game, pretty awesome for a fan made mm-hmm. game. Oh yeah, I still play it. Oh cool, cool. You haven't <laughs> played him for hours. It probably came out, but I, I do wish that they would come out with like a remaster, like a redo of the first Mortal Kombat or the first like two or th- one, two and three. Like mm-hmm. I would buy the shit out of that. Nice. Two was a sweet spot, and I always loved it. Number yeah. two, I mean, they had some bad games too. Like three, they changed the system. Four was I have Mortal Kombat four on cartridge. I I still think on first Nintendo sixty four because they tried to go blocky. Th- they tried to go three D with it, and actually at the time yeah. though it, it was it was really great. Um, but I used to love in those er- two and three especially with the over the top fatalities where mm-hmm. some would explode mm-hmm. and they have like six rib cages, like three skulls somehow. <laughs> like, it was always a. <laughs> There's one with one of the cyborgs where that literally blows up the earth. Uh, that was it number three. That was number yeah, three. Yeah, I'm like, right. okay, the whole world fatality. Great. <laughs> yeah, they they did yeah, stuff, and even the ones that the horror movie characters were in, I forgot what. But it's cool. Go on YouTube and look up their endings. They had they wrote some really mm-hmm. cool endings for it. How Freddy's goal was to pull the real world into the dream world and meld the two worlds together so he'd have complete power. I'm like, oh, that's that that's brilliant. And like Shao Kahn found him in the dream world and tried to recruit him. He turned on Shao Kahn, like or whoever the enemy was at the time it was i don't think it was shao Kahn. it was some other entity but uh quan chi or something uh really cool game really cool games and they've also done these animated movies recently too yeah one mm-hmm. based on scorpion and one based on the the blind guy i can't remember his name uh but both uh, Kenji. Really, yes yes Kenji. both really good and really violent yeah i don't know if you guys have ever watched mortal kombat legacy but like you know that was that was a good little segue into like live action stuff we yeah i love those that reptile one was dope is, is that the um is that the show they did it was like it was kind of like a youtube web series that they had going on oh. it's like like called legacy oh uh, yes i vaguely remember that now i don't i can't tell you anything about it but now i want to go look it up i i think you would enjoy it you know especially because like i think it was back when mortal kombat nine and ten were pretty much out at that time and that's when they were making those but uh because like everyone was hungering for a new mortal kombat movie at that time and that's when uh kevin tacherone uh made the mortal kombat rebirth concept trailer for a movie and everyone Mm -hmm. were like everyone and then was like hungering for a movie and then he partnered up with warner brothers to make a like youtube web series for a bit so that's awesome. Oh, that's cool. And if you if you on YouTube right now, actually, someone spliced them all together, so the two and a half two and a half hours, and I'll just show you everything in a row. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. The the one thing I wish with horror games right now, Mondo, was uh, um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is it an asymmetric kind of thing again, like where there's a lot of good guys and like one bad guy, and you have to kill them? No, no. So you basically. Um, you're not. It's not just Leatherface you're up against. You're up against the you're up against the hitchhiker, the cook, okay. Leatherface. And what you're doing is, if you're on the 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 Hewitt, I guess the Hewitt family, if you want to call them that, I don't know. I'm just gonna call them the. Uh, they don't call them that in the game. I forgot they call them. Um, but you you're trying to get blood, and you can find blood, and you can kill people and get their blood, and you're trying to feed it to Grandpa. Because when Grandpa <laughs> gets back to full power, cool. he doesn't hunt anybody. But then you can see where people are in the map, and you can hear them better. 
And um, okay. so they have a lot of really, really cool concepts of it. And uh, I'm not going to say anything negative. I'll never say anything about negative about a game in beta or alpha because oh. I, the, the main issues I ran into was not kind of knowing what to do as a survivor and feeling very underpowered as a survivor. But I also don't know how much of that was me just not knowing how to play the game, really. So sure. um, but I had thought I did. Have, I played again, probably four, maybe five matches and had a good time. But yeah, yeah but, but, but I like the fact that it's not just one enemy because one of the like yeah if you got if you play friday the 13th it mm-hmm. was really cool playing as jason but it was really hard to kill everybody <laughs> right yeah that's what my one thing i wish from from horror games right now is you know we've we've had like the friday the 13th game the evil dead game uh there's even a puppet master one like those are all fun but i i want a single player campaign on oh, some yes. of these like i want to be like a camper trying to survive Jason and like have a story and stuff like that would be cool. I, I'm not really like an online multiplayer kind of player most of the time. Yeah. Like I, I'm playing Zelda right now because I can play it whenever I want. I don't have to worry about other people. Uh, so that's what I really want. I want someone to take these classic characters and somehow like make a single player game because I don't I, maybe I just add a social or whatever. I don't know. But I, no, that's I, really I what I need. That's that's the kind of game I'm missing. No. Yeah, what I what I read, and I don't know if they're gonna do it, but I, I thought I remember they were gonna do a a single player version of Texas Chainsaw of the, of the game, and okay. I really hope it do because I'm like you, Jody. Like I'll be honest, like, as much as I had fun as I had playing it, I'm not buying it. Like I'm not. It's just not yeah. my my type of game to where I really have a good time with it. Uh, I brought the Friday the Thirteenth game, think I'd have a great time with it, and a couple times I got in groups where we killed Jason, and that was cool. But for the most part, like I don't need some thirteen year old kid calling me a motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I am a motherfucker technically, but uh, if you fully put it, we're all we're all a bunch of motherfuckers over here. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't a small kid like insulting my family, so it's just not fun to me. Like even when I would play Call of Duty online, I liked it because I could play one match here or there, but I would turn off chat, turn off voice. Yeah. I just want to relax and play a game and have a good time. Like I don't mm. need people to rely on me to do something. I don't. I mean that, that that's even how I played life. like Fortnite and stuff like that. I'm like I played because my kids were into it, yeah. and I would turn off the chat immediately. Like I don't want to hear from anybody. I just want to play the game. <laughs> yeah, so it's I get you there. Like, and I I think even Evil Dead recently, I think they're supposed to have a single player version of their game come out too. I think so. Yeah, I think maybe that's coming. Because I was, I'm, I'm very interested in all these games, but I just don't play them because I don't want to play multiplayer. Even with Friday the Thirteenth, no. I would play because you could play with bots. And that was actually really yeah. fun because the bots were just stupid. So you could just run around, just sure. kill them, and that was actually kind of cool. But I, but like you, I would like a narrative though behind it. Like even if you are Jason, sure. like give me, I have to do accomplish these tasks or whatever. Well, like apparently in the Friday Thirteenth game, there is like some story stuff. Like you can find these tapes yes. and like there's stuff. Yeah. But I, like I just want that to be the but game, the like harp- finding tapes and doing stuff. But the I negative know, in that too. Something similar to that in um. Uh, the Evil Dead game, like you know, yeah. they actually have story yeah. and campaign modes where you can actually yeah. just run. Oh, they do have campaign. Oh, there is a campaign yeah. now. Yeah. So you oh, gotta maybe get into okay. it. And yeah, what I'm upset about to say me, you just pushed me into it. Yeah. So Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> you would get these little things. They have these really cool homages to the movie that you want to like take yeah. time to like say, oh, this is really cool. But you can't because you have this fucking player controlled Jason trying to kill you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, just to segue a little bit more. Uh, with horror gaming with tales from the crypt uh i don't know if i kind of get got into this earlier but john kassir when i actually talked to him about the pc game in the q a panel he i I kind of transitioned to a secondary question where i asked him if you were able to reprise the role for the crypt keeper into a modern game would you be willing to ever 
possibly work for a company like Supermassive Games when it comes to the Dark Picture, uh, the Dark Pictures anthology. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys ever played those yeah. games. Yeah, but you know, like it, it would be great to see uh, a, a game like that in that nature, similar to what the original PC game was supposed to be like, but with the Crypt narrating what was going on mm-hmm. in between segments and chapters. I, I I think that would be great to see if uh, John Gassier was able to reprise that role and if they got him on board. Now, first, I thought you were saying Crypt Keeper as a Mortal Kombat uh, DLC. Like the story mode, you know, you like when you finish a, a trial for a character and you complete the game with that character, you hear somebody narrating what's going on. I think that'd be great to see the Crypt Keeper doing that kind of stuff. But yeah. uh, well, well, even like no. it'd be kind of cool to even have it. Be, you could totally do it like comic book style. And he's your your narrator as you're going through these different like you know port like anthologies of a game and then eventually you know it wraps it up or something i don't know i think it'd be yeah yeah something that nature. it's cool i like that all right jody anything else no that's all i got this time and by the time this releases that'll all be old news but uh you know there's something to look for go go play diablo go watch those movies hey hopefully by the time this releases too the golden knights will be up in the stanley cup finals yeah <laughs> hopefully <laughs> we'll see this could age poorly <laughs> <laughs> all right for dad advice i did a quick google search on um nine ways to stop sweating so much in honor of this movie <laughs> from uh sweatblock.com Take um, <laughs> yeah no there's okay use number one use strong antiperspirants but also says to make sure you use it at night so apply number two is apply antiperspirant correctly Apply at night before sleep. Make sure skin is clean and dry. Remove body hair to get better skin contact. Oh yeah, dude! Like if you don't shave your armpits, you should. Like it's so awesome. Like they feel nice. They don't. They don't trap sweat. They don't trap odor. It's great stuff. Yep, good man. Good man. Yeah. I mean, you should shave like body hair. Body hair in general. Like the more body hair you get rid of, you know where I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot cleaner. <laughs> smells a lot better. Yeah. I'm like, just saying, man, like that's a full time job. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, go to manscaped.com slash dads. No, I'm just kidding. That's not going to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Promo code right there. Promotion. Um, okay. Dress smart, sweat less. Uh, dress in light, breathable fabrics with ample ventilation. No kidding. Don't wear your wool socks. Um, let's see. Blah, 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 blah. Manage diet to control sweat. So stay hydrated, avoid spicy foods. I'm not um, going to avoid spicy foods. <laughs> cut down caffeine loaded coffee and energy drinks. I'm supposed to avoid caffeine and spicy foods. Mm-hmm. Dude, dude, I've been drinking today. I drank my first cup of coffee in like three weeks. And you want to know what? It wired me like a motherfucker. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is how you're supposed to feel when you drink caffeine. <laughs> I'm not man, supposed I to need it. Coffee. I was drinking coffee at seven o'clock tonight, man. Like, I'm just oh, feeling good. See. All I'm saying Enjoying is, my life. if you reset your caffeine intake every now and again, man, it's nice. All right, take vitamin B. Um, it does also say cut down on deep fried, fatty processed foods. Avoid fast foods, chocolate, white bread, junk food, etc. Enjoy and you know, okay, so to stop <laughs> sweating. Stop yeah. eating enjoyable food. Don't enjoy spices and quit drinking coffee. I'm- dude, as a man that's got diagnosed with, as diabetic, that's my life now, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, like, like I, I don't know what to say about that, considering like uh, me and my wife, we kind of changed into a plant-based diet. She has like, she got yeah. diagnosed with something. I'm not going to say what. It's like a little bit more private, but 
uh, out of respect for her, I've been changing into a plant-based diet with her. That doesn't change shit in terms of me perspirating. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Here's like, my I'm, favorite. I'm sweat my ass off. Well, I, I look at it too, and I'll, I'll say this: like, it's much easier to change your diet when your doctor's like, "Hey, do you want to die?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely yeah, not. I do not yeah. want to die. My doctor didn't yeah. say that. I'm actually like. I actually like just got I'll give it some dad advice. Get your blood work done every year, folks. Like, please yeah, do that yeah, yeah. because I haven't got my blood work done in like 10 years. And then I found, oh, I have I am I am diabetic. I got to go fix this shit now. Um, but uh, like it's much easier, though. So I'm not I'm not dying. I don't think I'm dying. I might be. I don't know. I was a preemie's a baby. So she told me I could have early heart failure, too. That could be really oh. cool. So oh, I'm, taking, cool. I'm, taking, I'm taking this well. But <laughs> but uh but like yeah get your blood work done you know it's it's not actually that hard like I was already eating pretty healthy but now I've cut out like all kinds of carbs and shit like that so it's been uh, it's been mm-hmm. cool but it's a lot easier to change your diet though when you know like why you need to do it rather than just like when you're just not gonna lie when I was three hundred pounds after you should eat better I'm like <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> but right, exactly. like, right yeah okay. you take a bite of your burger yeah uh. yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as okay. I'm eating fucking pizza. The next one is, I love this, exercise regularly to reduce stress sweat. So, so that's it, a that's a real thing. Like if, if you have anxiety or stress, you tend to have clammy hands because your body will produce more. The idea behind that is, although like, okay, it's a really roundabout way to saying exercise will help with stress. That's really a yeah, roundabout yeah, way to yeah. saying that, dude. Yeah. Like, Yeah, but won't that make you sweaty? The During exercise? the exercise, but the goal is you're not sweaty when you're at work. Like you don't you tip you fucking take a shower right before you go. To, you, you don't just <laughs> oh, exercise yeah. and walk into work like with sweat dripping off your fucking chest and face. Uh, hey, everyone in this movie did. They went to their jobs, <laughs> dude. Okay, sweating like they had just come out of a refinery. I've never been to Jamaica, but I'm assuming that the climate is all like Florida. In Florida, you can take a shower and then walk outside, and you are just like you might as well have gone to the swimming pool. It sucks. So. so- I have been to Jamaica, and I remember cool ocean breezes. I do not remember being like there was no air conditioning because okay. we didn't need it. it I'll, was I, I, I've never been there, so I'll take this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then here are some natural remedies to help stop sweating: apple cider vinegar, which you know, in small doses, it's if you can take it. Um, I, sometimes I put it in my in the fruit smoothie. Um, sometimes I just chug the fucking bottle, like just man, just, you know, take it like a shot. <laughs> No, I put it in my morning. My morning, I have a morning drink I make with beetroot extract and creatine. I put that in there. Mm-hmm. And you want to know what? It's even in 24 ounces of water, still not good. I'm not gonna lie, like it's no, not yeah. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> not great. It is drinkable. Uh, sage tea sweating remedies, so dude. Like, sage- this is definitely a fucking paid website you're on. They're trying to sell you. Tea. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Black tea, chamomile tea, wheatgrass, witch hazel. This is just potatoes. Backer. <laughs> potatoes for sweating. Some claim that potatoes can absorb excess sweat on the body. Take a small oh. piece of tomato and rub it on the sweat-prone area. What? What? Uh, <laughs> and then you can just make French fries out of it. What are you yeah. trying to put this on, Jason? French fries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. When you were saying potatoes, I'm, not, I'm, I'm like, at... I eat potatoes a lot. And I, it's still sweating. Hey, hey. You want some sea salt on your fries, dude? If, if, I, if, I, if I go to Jason's house, I'm not eating any potato products. Like <laughs> <laughs> nothing salty. Um, and uh, I, I'm not going to bother the rest because it's all. Yeah, this yeah. is. Like, that's our dad advice for the week, though. Yeah, just my, my dad advice for sweating is just accept that some places you live. I live in Tennessee. It is a swamp. Like six months out of the year, you're going to sweat. If you go to Florida. 
you're gonna sweat you you know whatever you just get used to it use it, deodorant it, change it, your clothes it, it's hot as fuck here and everybody sweats because it's fucking it's 110 degrees and yeah just you can tell if someone's wearing deodorant or not just fucking put your deodorant on if some if you're sweating no one's gonna care if you live in a hot climate now if you live like in antarctica and you're fucking just dripping sweat um dude then like Probably. come on might want to see your doctor. And, <laughs> might, and, have, and, might have thyroid issues at that point. Uh, and one I will give too? a shout out to no. Duke Cannon for their um, yeah. What's it called again, Jody? The cold shower. Yeah, they've got some uh, some some good products for like deodorant and stuff like that too. I don't really like a shower gel that has like menthol in it. It's amazing. So menthol shower like gel is a is ever, an experience. Ever gotten your butthole? <laughs> Yes, so I'm gonna say that. <laughs> Don't get it in your butthole. But after a workout, though, it's fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic on 95 percent of your body. The other five percent, it is a nightmare. <laughs> Unless you're into that, I'm not gonna judge anybody. I'm not gonna kink shame. Hey, some people, that's the highlight of their day. I'm sure. The menthol in the butthole, like you wouldn't take icy hot and just shove it <laughs> in your ass. <laughs> Maybe you would, but like I wouldn't. All right. I think that wraps up another episode. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? Uh, it's an absolute pleasure of being on the show again, man. Thank you for having me. And you guys can find me on Cryptube uh, Incorporated on YouTube. Uh, and you can find me on Cryptube Incorporated on Twitter and Cryptube on Instagram. Mon, did you have a final comment? I saw oh, yeah, you I did. Up. I did. Do you ever think someone's like they woke up and their balls hurt and they put Icy Hot on it thinking it would help? <laughs> <laughs> or that would that really fuck your day up. Yes. See, I, I, I've never done that, but I did as a teenager uh, stretch too hard one time, and like I pulled a hammy. And when that happened, you know that is right up in the thigh region. If you mm -hmm. put icy hot on there, it will transfer. It yeah. will move from the thigh to the rest of you, and you're gonna have a bad day, dude. Other dad advice: You're chopping hot peppers, and you got to pee. Like it's got to be yes. hands free, or someone else has a hold. Wash your hands. Yeah, wash oh, yeah. your hands or something. <laughs> or wear gloves. I'll answer your question. Uh, I actually did know someone back in uh, college who actually decided to be fucking stupid and put Tiger Bomb on his nuts. So, <laughs> like, I had to hear it all fucking day. Oh my god, my nuts are fucking on fire! Like, obviously, yeah. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> you caused this situation. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Put Tiger Bomb on their nuts. Oh, that guy does. I wonder if he's still doing it. Maybe like he unlocked a kink and now like he can't get off unless he's got Tiger Bomb on his it. nuts. <laughs> this is the only way I can bust. This I like, is the only way I can bust. I like, All right. I like two things feet and Tiger Bomb my nuts. The Quentin Tarantino story. <laughs> on that note, next week we'll be covering Tales from the Crypt season seven opener, Fetal Caper. We appreciate everyone for listening. We would really appreciate if you could give us a rating review on iTunes, a rating on Spotify. Check out our YouTube for videos of these podcasts. With that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt. Goodbye. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or I will follow you to the grave. <laughs> no, seriously, you really should watch. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs>